Hello, welcome to Local Anesthetic Podcast. This is your weekly injection of mind-numbing local news. My name is Alex, this is Rob. Hello. And we can be found on our website, which is www.lapodcast.net. From there you can download our entire back catalogue. We're on Facebook, which is uh, www.facebook.com forward slash... LA Podcast. LA Podcast, thank you. We're on Twitter, uh, at LA Podcast. You can email us in your stories, any story you find in your local area, or anywhere really, that you find amusing, you can email us in, and we, you can, our email address is lapodcast.net at gmail.com. There we go. Very professional, this, Rob. Yeah. Uh, we're on SoundCloud. Yep. You still don't know the link. I've no idea. Between okay, this I'm week and last... sure it's www.soundcloud.com forward slash... LA podcast but look it up just look up yeah. Sam it is on there yeah it is on there and that will always be our latest episode by the way and are we, can we be found anywhere else I think I'm missing somewhere else aren't uh, we? Twitter, Facebook, Web SoundCloud oh on iTunes of course you can oh, download yes. all of our episodes Big on one. iTunes and of course you can click subscribe on iTunes to have those episodes uh, put into your uh, onto your iDevice automatically yeah um, also just to say um, I'm not sure I'm going with this actually I just started that and I realised that you said everything so, how's your week been? Uh, my week's been fine, but uh, the, we should inform the listener of a, of a small, de- de- delicate issue. It was delicate to raise, but Rob came over today, uh, and he stank. Uh, and you stink. I'm being victimised here. <laughs> oh, no, it's no, like... Don't scare go, you stank. <laughs> he, he, yeah. No, no, it's not Apparently you Apparently I'm speak. suffering a minor case of halitosis. <laughs> yeah. Not I stank. <laughs> No, 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 it does reek. And the reason being that Rob has had... So I, I said to Rob, what have you had for lunch? Because he's obviously eaten something quite pungent. And what did you say it was? I had a very nice chicken uh, chipotle wrap from Boots, I believe. Chicken chipotle wrap. So some sort of Mexican food. It's obviously very strong smelling. So I, so, I, could, yeah, I, quickly found, I quickly found some gum and gave Rob some and gum. And forced me to take the gum. Well, yeah, well, I've got the opposite of you here. This is... Look, you're not on your own. You, this is about you being social. Do you understand? You've been considerate of me. So well. I will. Con- if you hear me chewing, I apologise. I think I probably will have to take out at some stage. Beg your pardon. What the gum? Oh, the gum. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I prefer yeah. if it's. Well, we'll see there. how the episode's going. Uh, has anything interesting happened to you this week, Rob? Well, I meant to tell the story actually. This, right. this happened. It wasn't this week. It was. It was about two weeks ago. <laughs> um, I went to Westfield. What are you laughing at? Because <laughs> I'm just thinking you're going to go home with a complex about your breath. I'm I don't need to now, I've got gum. Yeah, 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 you're cured. I went to Westfield in Stratford for the first time. Oh, the Eastfield, as it should be known. Yes, yeah. Um, and um, did a bit of shopping there because I'm off, I'm off for a holiday uh, very soon. Uh, what, what day are we Why did you travel all the way to Westfield, Rob? We, you don't live anywhere near there. No, no, it's not, I've never been there. I've, I just wanted to see. Have you been, been, been to the one in. I've been to the one in Shepherd's Bush. Yeah. Then you've been there then. They're no, no, because this, the was, this is the biggest shopping centre in. That sounds very unpartiousness. This is the biggest shopping centre in Europe. Okay? Wow. So anyway, did a bit of shopping and we decided to go and get some lunch at TJ Fridays. So it was uh, both Sarah. Who and I, other half. Yeah, and uh, my mate Craig had come down for the weekend. Anyway. We were sitting there, and I must admit, we'd had a few cocktails, so, and we had, we had dinner as well. And there, across from us, there was a table of three girls, and I mean, it was quite a. It was yeah, three girls, and what I assume was either their carer or their father. It was quite a multicultural table. Let's put it that way. I, I'm guessing it must, it must have been like a foster carer. I'm not entirely sure. Um, anyway, we had the same waitress. We, it was lovely. I can't remember the name of the waitress, but she was lovely. And um, at some stage during our meal. They must have said to her, who is that guy? Is he famous? Meaning me. Maybe recognise you from the LA podcast website. It could have been. It could have been. But um, they think that I'm the new face of Coca-Cola. 
Why? Because apparently they saw me in an advert. Now, there was the, it was actually the carer who had turned around and asked me, he said, you know, uh, have you been on television recently? And um, then the girl struck me, like, yeah, no, he's, he's, been, he's a Coca-Cola advert. And I, I just denied this. Um, to which Craig can say, I thought it would be very funny to then say, no, that it is him, but he just doesn't like talking about it. Have you seen this advert? I've is no that, idea what they're talking about. Uh, uh, sorry, are these are these? How old are these girls? Um, there's three of them, sort of between about eight and maybe sort of thirteen. Right, so sort of uh, tweenies. I think uh, commonly known. Uh, well, phrase. I think uh, was that a TV show for kids? Uh, no, a tweener. Somebody between. Oh, tweener. Oh, sorry. So tweeny. Yeah, yeah. tweeny. Okay. I did say tweeny. I'm oh. getting confused. Yeah. The point is, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> you keep talking about them having a carer, which is confusing me and no doubt confusing the listener. Are you saying that they were in some way challenged? <laughs> no, I wasn't suggesting that at all. I'm, I'm saying they may have been in care, or he was where, some sort where of that assumption for? Because they were all three kids were of different ethnicities. Well, they could all still be his kids, though, but just by different mothers. They could be. That's true. Yeah, I didn't take that into consideration. Right, um, and, and but I just like to say, uh, if Coco does like would like to approach me, I am uh, free for any commercial work that's going. Right, Rob, I've got. I'm just going to kick us off here with two stories. One is from the news shopper. It, it is an irrelevant story, right? The highest caliber. Um, it's by another journalist, which I haven't heard of. Have you noticed how many new ones New Shopper seems to be having recently? I think they're giving... I think they're for work experience. I think I only need to clear out. That's what it was. Simon Ball. Okay. Um, and he's, and his article, which again could have probably been written in ten minutes maybe... Right. ...was a top ten rude street and place names in south-east London and north Kent. Brilliant. Um, <laughs> the story is this. A little while ago we asked our friends on Facebook for suggestions of the rudest place names in the New Shopper area across south-east London and north Kent... We've taken some of the very amusing nominations they gave us, along with a few of our own, to create the top ten list. Obviously, we realised none of these place names were intended to be rude, and they probably have already, and they probably all have perfectly innocent origins. But it doesn't stop them being funny when looked at a certain way. It's almost as tedious as that story by Tom Jasper. That, that wasn't tedious. That was genius. Okay. Here are the top ten rudest place names in the new shopper area. Right. Jackass Lane in Keston. That's good. Like that. Pratt's Bottom. Yeah. Uh, Penis Lane. Penis, right, yeah. In Longfield. The Fanny on the Hill Pub <laughs> in Welling. Okay. Uh, Prickend Pond. Nice. <laughs> in Chiselhurst. Cock Manning's Lane, Orpington. Mm. Thong, near Gravesend. Bishop Butt Close in Orpington. Right. And then two very near me that I'm very familiar with. Peckerman's Wood in Sydenham, <laughs> right. which is a lovely little area. And uh, Horniman Museum, which is a... Uh, H O R N I M A N, so Horny Man Museum in Forest Hill. It's got a lovely little garden and tea room. They're really scraping the barrel, aren't they? Um, absolutely. Comments on this. Uh, how about Badger's Mount near Orpington? Badger's Mount, that's a good Can name. Can I also add one? Yes. Uh, well, I used to live in Northamptonshire, in this little village called Bojet. Uh There was a, a bell end. A bell end, <laughs> yeah. You're a bell end. Uh, Kaki Comey says, and this is top local news, grow up please. Um, Slimline says, it's either someone with a dirty mind who wrote this trash, or a grounded naughty schoolboy who's had all his gadgets taken away from him. Probably still thinks the whoopee cushion is hilarious in the office. Um, <coughs> nearly right all the time says, Hope Hill leading to Bunkers Lane, just off North Grey Road. Doesn't get better than that. That's pretty shit actually, Hope mate. Hope Hill leading to Bunkers Lane. Yes. That's tenuous. Uh, 
Simon Ball. So there's a comment. There's a comment from the journalist. Please tell me they, he's defending the story. Yes, he gets annoyed with everybody sort of saying this is immature and everything. He says, thanks folks for the suggestions of other rude place names around the area. One or two that we'd already considered, but a couple which we hadn't, which are also funny. To the moaners, get over yourselves for goodness sake. Not everything on it has to be serious news. This is just a bit of fun and very popular too, growing by how many people have read it. All right, all right. Easy. Nothing gets offensive, is there? So that's that story. <laughs> Completely. If you useless. can really call it a story, I'm not but, sure it was. But this, Rob, is a better story from the new shopper this week. It actually came in the beginning of April. I wanted to read it out last week, but we didn't have time. Other stories took priority. But it's a great story, Rob. It was from the second... I'm going to have to stop you there, Alex. I'm sorry. The you can't man. take out the, the gold. coming out. Okay? Why? You're listening to a story. Yeah, I, to, to fully enjoy it, I'll be, I, want, I want the ability to be, to, to be able I've to laugh. I've got some listering upstairs. That's good, good for you. I'm glad to hear it. Actually, Carry it's, on. it's Colgate plaques. Other <laughs> brands are available. Um, it's by Patrick Grafton Green, and the uh, headline is Petswood Bakery Haunted by Little Girl Ghost. And this right. wasn't an April Fool, Rob. A young girl has returned from the grave to haunt a bakery in Petswood, according to people who work there. The self-raising spectre oh, brilliant. has caused all sorts of havoc, throwing trays and bread around, switching lights on, and spelling the first few letters of her name in caster sugar. Is it caster right, sugar? I'm, I'm sorry, it's caster sugar. Yeah, sorry. Um, right, someone's taking the piss. Keep listening, Rob. This paranormal snacktivity has, oh. led, employ- <laughs> has led employees to conclude the Plaxtol Village Bakery in Queensway, soon to be renamed the Queensway Village Bakery, is Br- haunted. <laughs> Sorry, Rob. I'm going to read that again. Uh, this paranormal snacktivity has led employees to conclude that the Plaxtol Village Bakery in Queensway, soon to be renamed the Queensway Village Bakery, Why? is haunted. Well, what I'm thinking is that they've made up this entire story because they're having a rebrand. So they've needed yeah, something to promote the fact they're having a rebrand, and this story's made up. What sort of pathetic people just rebrand for the sake of rebranding? I know, I know. Unbelievable. Arseholes. Since no young girls have lived in the premises for many years, they believe the Flanton Menace... Flanton? Flan- the, the, must be some bakery. <laughs> ...may have been killed when a V2 rocket hit Petswood during the Second World War. It's quite an assumption. And her penchant for mischief has oh. left manager Louise Martin dumbfounded. The 38-year-old said, The first time one of us encountered the ghost was in the summer. I came into the shop and there were trays all over the floor. I went into the back and a colleague of mine was there. He was crouched on the ground, shaking, so I asked him what was wrong. He said the trays have been thrown off their racks all on their own. I couldn't believe it, but it has happened again three or four times since then, and I have seen it. Is this, is what happening, she's a particularly, like, she's like a Rottweiler manager, right? Yeah. And she really has a go at people when they make a mistake. <laughs> so he's dropped these trays, she's come in and he's just said, uh, a ghost did it. Yeah, I, th- I think, that, no, I think that's a fair assessment, yeah. Although, it doesn't work, because she says she has seen it herself. She would say that, because I don't think she wants to cast that negative image, especially before the rebrand. Despite being a nuisance, Miss Martin insists the toasty ghosty is harmless. What? I was, no, how, how, how is that a pun? How does that write? Toasty, toasty ghosty? Yeah, I want some cereal called toasty ghosties. Just an empty bowl. Um, she said, she's friendly, she doesn't mean any harm. Like Casper. She's also quite mischievous, quite naughty, but really we think she just wants to make her presence known. How does she known. know that she's friendly? Maybe she's trying to send us a message. The name of the spirit is believed to be Charlotte after the letters C, H and A were found eerily spelled out in caster sugar one Could day when nobody had been around. Or Char. Maybe the ghost was called Char. Or Charlie. Or Charlie. We'll get on to that. The name of the spirit is believed to... Oh yeah. The bakery's new owner, 
Remy Mustafa, 30, 36, may have taken on more than he bargained for. He told New Shopper... No, just the other day, after the recent snow, I came in early in the morning, around 6.30am, Rob. Listen to this. As I approached the back door, I noticed there were small footprints in the snow. The footprints led up to the back door, and then they disappeared. There were no footprints going off in another direction. The door was locked, so I couldn't understand what happened. We figured because of the size of the footprints, she must be a little girl. It seems that Charlotte, the friendly ghost, will be hanging around at the Queensway Village Bakery for some time to come. The bakery is inviting the public to come and meet Charlotte this Saturday, when Carver and Scones will be available all day from 10am. Nothing like a bit of promotion. They've invited people to come and meet her. This is Remy Mustafa with his staff. Right. Okay. Do you want to say anything? I mean, he's... I can't really describe... He's a tall, bald man. He looks like he should be some sort of martial arts expert. Yes. Not running a village bakery. Um, <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't like to... I'm not... I'm, not, I'm just... I'm speculating, but maybe he killed her himself. <coughs> Comments. <laughs> Butterfly1969 says, a good way to drum up some business. Yeah. Uh, Big Ben says, I wonder what Remy Mustafa's employment criteria must be. He obviously likes some young. <laughs> Yeah, now, I, I, I hadn't it. seen that picture, right, when I read this, and I thought it was in reference to the little girl ghost, and I thought, that's below the belt. <laughs> but, but it's not a reference to paedophilia. <laughs> it's a reference to the fact that the... <laughs> that the <laughs> so you think someone's accusing him of paranormal paedophilia? <laughs> By the way, a great episode title. <laughs> it is. Uh, we'll have to see how long it takes for Apple to pull that. <laughs> Um, yeah, the picture of Remy Mustafa shows him with three girls who work in a bakery who are probably about 16 years say, old. They're crackers, aren't they, Alex? Um, I'm not commenting on that. <laughs> um, I couldn't think of another uh, cake-based joke. Um, Brooke says, little girl's footprint, probably a family of rats. Madras says... Oh, sorry, what? <laughs> I, I, I mean, I remember he found the footprints, so mm. she's saying it could just be yeah, a Yeah, but how small these footprints must be to, 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 to... How could you not distinguish a rat between a young girl? Could have been a big rat. With or, massive feet. Or a very small girl with very small feet. Think out of the box, Rob. Sorry. Madras says... God, I was comparing a rat to a ghost. It sounds as though someone's on something. Perhaps White Powder should have read Charlie. <laughs> yeah. Jaded One says, Help, I can't think of any cake puns. Madras says, come on now, just use your loaf. Nice. Madras says, that's a spirit, which is a ghost pun. Uh, Jaded says, Jaded One says, some nice crumpet in that shop. I'm on a roll now. (laughs) That's in reference to the young girls. Yeah. Uh, Jippo Joe says, looks as if Remy likes fresh muffins to me. (laughs) (laughs) That's enough on a Sunday morning, thank you. Nice. Um, And Beatty says, these comments are just icing on the cake. And then the last comment is somebody trying to get in with all the cake puns, trying to be really funny, but it doesn't really work. Inspirational lady, 28, she gets all excited and she just says, oh, and they're as nutty as a fruitcake. And then nobody else responds. And rightly so. Well, Rob, you got some stories for us? Yeah, I've decided that after last week when you did the, the animal story trifecta, I'm going to use your idea. And do an animal story trifecta. Yeah, but it's not a bad news animal story trifecta. I've entitled this section the Randy, the Dead, and the Resurrected. The Randy, the Dead, and the Resurrected. Good episode title. Yeah, well, thank you. Now, which one do you like first? I'll give oh, you I like this. Okay, yeah, I like, I like games. Good. You sure you don't want any male Porsche? <laughs> <laughs> Are you telling me I need never mint? They're good for you, Rob. 
no, they're not poopy. They cause stomach ulcers. <laughs> two won't cause stomach ulcers. Alex Ferguson might get a stomach ulcer because he chews. He did have, yeah, he had to have an operation. If you anyway, back hear, to the story. If you can hear the sound of chewing on this podcast, it is Rob chewing. Wrigley's extra. Other brands are available. We are also. Um, Able to be sponsored for this podcast, just like to say. <laughs> Local anesthetics <laughs> sponsored by Whiskers. Um, okay, uh, so I get to choose between the Randy, the Randy, the dead, and the resurrected. I want to go with the dead. Okay. <clears throat> this story is from the This Is Gloucester website. Uh, the story is by, I'm guessing this is his handler, not his actual name, Citizen Dan. <laughs> the Citizen? Yeah, I guess it's from, it must be from the Citizen. Keith, the River Seven Seal, feared dead. No. Yeah. Oh, well. Okay, next story. (laughs) (laughs) A lost seal called Keith, who took a wrong turn and swam 100 miles inland, is feared to have perished in the freezing temperatures after going missing for a month. Survival of the fittest then in action. Absolutely, yeah. So there we go. I mean, that's not a tragedy. That is just natural selection. Well, we don't know he's dead. He's just gone missing. Has he? Yeah. He may have evolved to um, some sort of creature that can withstand these temperatures. Or turned up in some meat packaging in Tesco. Quite possibly. Or other supermarkets. Yeah. There were a lot implicated. Let's let's go and get sued by them. The four-foot seal, who is in fact female, uh, I'm not sure why he's been named Keith, has become a local celebrity. Sorry, this female is, is, this seal is a female. Yep. And it's called Keith. Yeah. Keith the seal. But it's a girl. Yep. Keith is not a girl's name. No, Keith the seal. She's female. (laughs) I don't know what's funny about that. After she, she was spotted frolicking in the rivers in Gloucestershire. I look quite like that, that phrase, frolicking the rivers in Gloucestershire. The that animal, sounds idyllic. Yeah. The animal was even saved from being shot by fuming anglers who complained about her pinching their catches in the River Seven. But after having no reported sightings of the seal, of the friendly seal, for almost a month, wildlife experts. It's dead! A month? A month, yeah. The seal's dead, or it swam into the Atlantic. Well, it's, it's possible. Wildlife experts fear Keith may have frozen to death in the recent cold snap. But not everyone was a fan. And in January, the Angling Trust sparked outrage when it branded uh, Keith a marine predator and tried to apply for a licence so it could hire a marksman to shoot her. Is Keith some sort of tran- transvestite? Is it a woman... Is it a woman... A female seal likes to impersonate a male. Could be. Is that what you've been thinking about? Yeah, I haven't really listened to anything. No, I, I've noticed that. So I'd just like to put this out. So, can I because I think this is quite crucial. The Anglin Trust sparked outrage when it branded Keith a marine predator and tried to apply for a licence so it could hire marksmen to shoot her. Well, I'd have to say, Keith sounds like a sexual deviant. <laughs> Either way. Tried to hire a marksman to shoot her. So... Not only is this seal... So you've got two camps of people. You've got people desperately looking for the missing seal. Yeah. And then you've got people out there trying to shoot her. Yeah. So they can presumably put her as a trophy on their wall. There was even a Facebook campaign called Save Keith the Seal to prevent the Anglers Trust from shooting Was him. there another one called Kill Keith the Seal? I don't think so now because I think they've all been quite harsh. Anyway, um, if anyone has seen Keith the Seal, please let the citizen know at citizen.news at glosmedia.co.uk. It's such a shame they didn't do an e-fit. No, that's true. Oh, I love that. Some mockery, sort of really sort or a picture. of badly, <laughs> badly conceived, badly rendered e-fit. Or just a picture of a seal. With, this is what a seal looks like. <laughs> okay. There, well, is, there is a picture of Keith, by the way. It just has a name beneath it, which I quite like that. But can I now... Oh, oh right, okay. Keith. So they did do a picture of the seal. Well, it's not, it's not an e-fit. It's just a picture of a seal. Of Keith. 
could be Seal. I don't know how, how yeah but I looked fact it was just a picture and beneath it just said Keith and you should have uh, under brackets a female or Keith in brackets missing um, there are comments on this story. oh right okay both these sound quite made up by Geraint 2010 says as she was last spotted near Gloucester there was a chance that she was making her way back to sea let's hope so anyway and this just is like a collection of letters from the commenter I hope those anglers haven't hurt her they can often be so cruel seeing the waters as they're right and no one else's what story like next the Randy the Randy okay <clears throat> Randy Latin Duck pulls all the birds at the old Colston Pond. Brilliant. Now, I have a suspicion... Randy the Latin Duck? Randy Latin Duck. duck. A Randy Latin Duck? Yeah. There are lots pulls of good episode titles in it. Absolutely. Um, Rachel Millard, does, does she not write for the new shop? Isn't Millard a, a type of duck? Well, it's quite... That's uh, Mallard, isn't it? Yeah, but, but later in the comment, she does... Uh, later in the, in the article, she does mention Mallard. Right. I was going to make that joke, but you've, you've taken away from me. Sorry. A South American drake with an eye for an English bird. A South American drake. Yeah, lovely. Um, with an eye for an English bird, has won the right has won, won the right to stay in a village pond, despite ruffling a few feathers. <laughs> Bertie, a Mascovy, I think it's Mascovy duck, uh, is is to be a permanent feature. Bertie is a very typical Latin name. Well, she comes on how she's named Bertie, which I think is a bit okay tenuous. Um, uh, it's kind of a permanent feature, Bradmore Green Pond in Old Colston. Featuring a fruitless attempt to have him rehomed. The, ma- uh, the adult male is a leader of a, an amorous nine strong flock of mallards who were mysteriously dumped there last, uh, last autumn with their wings, wings clipped. They were dumped there? Yeah. So this gang of, of, of so, sexual deviant ducks. Leader of an amorous nine strong flock of mallards. That's a good episode. That is. <laughs> Value Dunmore from Friends of Bradmore Green Pond. This must be a fun group. Uh, <laughs> said her committee has now decided to let the group say, despite their dis- disruptive behaviour. She said, they were trying to mate with other birds. That has stopped a bit now, but they just harassed them and they gang up on them. I called him Burlington Bertie because he has yellow legs like spats. Like who? Like spats. No, <laughs> spats. Spats. Like, uh, back in the 1920s where they used to have... Um, Oh, right. I wasn't black shoes by white. I wasn't around in the 1920s. Oh, um, okay. The ducks are not the only animal that appeared in the pond over the recent years. The terrapins swim, under, swim underwater and take the young ducks down by the legs, said Mrs. Dunmore. <laughs> what? That's what she killer said. terrapins? Two killer terrapins. There's she, a film there. Yeah. Terrapin. That would be a fucking good film. Just terrapin. Not really if they were just, if they're just like little tiny ones. I can't imagine it would be uh, much of a, a suspense. Well, it would be, but it would be if you were a duck. That's I mean, true. Yeah. Duck cinema. So, the terrapin about how a terrapin pulls down other ducks underwater would be their equivalent of Jaws, Rob. Terrapin. No, it's, I, I, just when you thought it was safe to go into the pond. So it would be filmed from a duck's eye view. Yeah. Bird's eye view. Is that a bird's eye view pun you're no, 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 no. There's no such phrase as duck's eye view. Okay, it didn't work as a pun, alright. She just, I mean, Mrs. Dunmore just said, they move like grease lightning. <laughs> and they grow very big. The terrapins? Yes. I assume so. Right. <laughs> Unless it's just an entirely unrelated comment. Okay, and I think what is now possibly the, the best story out of Oh, so I did leave the best for last, yeah. which is the resurrection. Yeah. Hamster rises from the dead over Easter. Fucking hell. Brilliant. <laughs> this, is, this is a classic local anesthetic story, no? This story, which came from... Uh, 
the Stroud News and Journal Quite made it to Fox News. It was reported on Fox News's website. Which is also a very fine news outlet. Uh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, if you're fascist. A hamster surprised the family in Painswick by staging its own Easter resurrection. Lisa Kilborn Smith, she's clearly from Gloucestershire, 23, <laughs> and her boyfriend, James Davis, 24, no relation. Are you sure? Yeah, pretty sure. <laughs> I can imagine you having a brother called James. Yeah, I could as well. He'd be a complete arsehole. We're looking after Tink the Hamster for a friend when they found her lying lifeless in her cage. Tink the Hamster? So we've had Bertie, Tink, and Keith. Keith. Yeah. There's a children's cartoon in there about a hamster, a duck, and a seal. I think it would have to be a hamster with superpowers, i.e., you know, overcoming the powers of death. Uh, a randy duck. <laughs> and, 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 and the seal. And a transjector. Yeah, and, and a very seal. depressed seal that keeps going missing. Yeah, and has issues with her sexuality. <laughs> That, that is your modern-day, very liberal children's cartoon programme. <laughs> and that would have Fox News up in arms. That would, <laughs> what are they trying to teach our kids? Let's make it. Let's do it, Rob. You can do the voices, all of them. How do you think it would speak? Huh? How do you think it would speak? Trying to set me up to sound foolish. OK. I'm just saying, I know you'd like to, you'd like to do impressions of animals, but this time it, gives you, it allows you to give an impression of animal with a humanistic take. No, I will do three impressions of those animals. A, a duck would be quack. A seal no, would be. You're not getting it. No one's going to watch that. The hamster would be. It's going to alienate people. They need to be speaking human English. Yeah, English. I know. Back to the story. Yeah. <laughs> okay, a human then. Oh, I said English because you know there's a, a border market for that. They thought that she was dead. No, let's do it in Chinese and we'll sell it to the Chinese. There's a, there's a market right there. They'd, they'd, buy they'd watch that shit. Yeah, they would watch it. They thought that she was dead and wrapped her body in kitchen roll and buried her in a one-foot-deep grave in, her fl- in their, their flower bed. Aww. But the next day, Good Friday, the hamster had, in quotes, risen from the dead. It had eaten, eaten its way out of the plastic shroud, dug its way out of the grave, and then <laughs> climbed a pipe to land in a recycling box. <laughs> They're sure it's the same hamster. <laughs> that hamster woke up and thought, those fuckers. <laughs> Imagine that the terror. Well, look, they were looking after it for a friend. They didn't consult a friend about it. They just what? fucking buried it. <laughs> in kitchen roll. Yeah. It's lucky it. they did it in kitchen roll. It would have been in a shoebox. It would have been a goner. Yeah, it would have been. Um, <laughs> I would have put it in a baked bean can. Emptied the baked beans, put it in a baked bean can, and thrown it into the sea. <laughs> would, would it have bounced off a rock before doing so? Or? Maybe. Yeah. Bus driver Les, 60, who lives, who lives next door to Lisa and James, said, Suddenly, a little face popped out. Of one of them, I'm guessing one of the recycling boxes, which gave me a startle, I can assure you. We've been, we've, so, this is ridiculous. <laughs> sorry, we've nicknamed, sorry. We've nicknamed her Jesus because it was Easter when she came back from the dead. You can't call that to Jesus. You can't compare that to us. Well, it is comparable, isn't it? Well, let me just read you this final line. Experts say that Tim could have, in fact, Gone into hibernation. Are they claiming then that Jesus didn't uh, the, 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 the whole death, the whole resurrection, in, in, in tomb and, and resurrection? He was actually he just passed out. Because that is one of the theories. He just passed out. He fainted. They put him in a tomb. Three days later, he says, "What? Why have you shut me away here behind a boulder?" Well, I think you're actually fine because I mean, there's quite a few uh, contradiction gospels, and I think the actual gospel according to uh, Joseph, which was the, the, the that a Gnostic gospel. Uh, yeah, uh, yes, it would have been. Um, it does actually claim that uh, the body of Jesus was actually wrapped up in kitchen roll and buried in a one foot deep grave and he managed to climb out by uh, using a sewer right 
There's a few comments on this story, by the way. Only three. Dave Hillier says, WTF, what a load of shit. Nice and direct there. Yeah. yeah. Just, 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 no, don't, don't, don't be around the bush. Uh, Mazaru says, we had a hamster that did this, but no big whoop. <laughs> Sorry, so they had a hamster that was resurrected from the dead. And, yeah. But we don't know. The hamster could have died and resurrected. That's the interesting thing. It could have done. Yeah. They, what did they, if, why did they think the hamster was dead then? Maybe it was just... Was well, it's it only because they, they, they found it... What, what's the quote? Lifeless, lying lifeless in its cage. And they didn't think it might be hibernating. Or, or, or as you, as you created, say, asleep. Yeah. <laughs> so Because they were looking after this, this hamster. Maybe, I mean... Maybe it's the, I mean, it's a great way to, to, to I don't know, negate your responsibility, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it died. We had to bury it. I think they were sick of looking after it. I think it had been a few hours. They waited till it was asleep, went, oh, shit, it's dead. Better bury that then. <laughs> Alongside all the other ones. <laughs> all the other pets they looked after. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and the last comment from uh, Cuthbert Ticket says, he's not the Messiah. He's a very naughty hamster. I knew that was coming. <laughs> but Rob, my, my, I've got a couple of stories now okay. before we move on to our listener story segment. And they involve, I'm, we're bringing back a, a big theme here, it's animal related again, big cats. Oh please, is it? Do you remember is we had himself? Remember we had the beast... No, 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 not Alan Ames. Oh. But we have had Alan Ames before with his big cat sanctuary or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. We've had the, the Beast of Sydenham story, yeah, which yeah, I wrote yeah, a poem yeah. about, a very moving poem, which I forgot to submit to that competition. We should submit, though. I think that, that was winning material. It, well, it was. Yeah. And uh, that's, on the, that's on the Facebook page. People it is, yeah, it, yeah. It? Along with uh, the Stroud Donkey, my, my poem, which was knocked up in a matter of minutes. Right. It's an interesting turn of phrase. Knocked up in a matter of minutes, um, and uh, and we also had. Is it not uh, often? I don't know. We also had that story about big cat sightings and people who go out and hunt the big cats and all of that. Oh yes, another thing we we we, we said we we're going to do and never got around to. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. Sending off that picture of my cat. Yeah. Which Did I you think, not do it? Uh, no, because it was on my old phone. I accidentally deleted it. I came round to your house specifically. To I, take I, that I, picture. I, I'm sorry, I forgot. I, I lost other photographs that day. I don't care. A lot of me naked, but new shopper. By Mark Chandler, new crosswoman, in quotes, freaked out after seeing, in quotes, panther in street. <laughs> a terrified new crosswoman... some shopping. A terrified new crosswoman says she freaked out after seeing a panther in the street. The woman, who was on her way to work at the time, fled back to her house and called the police after seeing the beast in Southern Gateway, a residential area near Fordham Park in Deptford Green School. Right. But when police arrived to investigate, there was no sign of the wild animal and it is understood no panthers have been reported missing in the area. The woman also contacted expert Neil Arnold, who runs Kent Big Cat Research. Oh no, it's what? another maniac. And have been tracking sightings across the South East. Oh, she reported, I was walking to work in New Cross and looked to my left and saw a long black tail hanging down from the roof that covers the bins outside our block of flats. I then looked up and saw the biggest black cat I've ever seen. This was no domestic cat. It was very built, with strong, large leg muscles that you could see very clearly from the rear view. Sorry. It was just perched with its tail what? dangling down. So she said she walked out a block of flats, and apparently there's a panther sitting by the bins. <laughs> On her way to work. Of I course she did, love. I completely freaked out and ran so fast, as I was the only one in the area at that time, and terrified of being spotted by this animal. She wrote, I have reported it to the police, who checked the area and can no longer find it. They had suggested it was a large stuffed animal which she disagrees with. I'm disappointed that I wasn't taken more seriously by the local police, <laughs> who asked me almost straight away if I'd been drinking. <laughs> the point is, 
I was a metre away, it was perched just above me, and it was morning. So I did not see it in the dark or at some distance. It was intimidatingly big. Does she say whether the effects of the crack cocaine are worn off? She doesn't. Right. <laughs> the thought that it is now roaming around somewhere in the area is very scary, and I'm very nervous to walk home. Uh, Mr. Arnold, this guy who runs the, the, uh, the big, the, the big Cat Kent research thing, whatever it's called, yeah. he says he's hoping to get more information on the sighting and that he was surprised nobody else had seen it in such a densely populated area. He's written books on strange animals in the capital and he said he was aware of another recent report in Nunhead where a big cat walked into a man's house. <laughs> he, noted, he noted that creatures could travel up, these creatures could travel up to 15 miles in the night time. I heard about story. Apparently he was Jehovah's Witness in disguise. Right. He said, they don't live anywhere, so they're constantly on the move. In the 1960s, there were lots of reports around Shooter's Hill. That was a real hot spot. There's a deer park in Greenwich, so that could be what's attracting it. They can just sniff deer from miles away. Surely, if, if someone would report it, if, if there was a deer that had been mauled by what looked like a big cat, it would have made news, surely. The expert, who says he gets around 150 sightings each year from Kent alone, claims the cats, normally black leopards, are descendants of pets bought by people in the 1960s from places like Harrods, which eventually made their way into the wild. So how would you sell leopards? Yes. That was an animal spot. In the 60s, yeah. Yeah, animal spot. Simon Webb, 70, says, drugs for breakfast is never a good thing. Erith <laughs> uh, chap says, clearly make for an exciting morning, though. Yep. Uh, Joe, Joe RTM Clark says, maybe it was someone dressed in a pant for onesie. Could be, could be, yeah. It's like some new superhero on the, the loose. Some tramp sleeping by the bins. Or a, super, or or a wannabe superhero, the panther. Madras says, it's understood no big cats have been reported missing in the area. And he says, I'd be worried if there were any known to be in the area, missing or otherwise. And that's a good point. Now, Rob, as I was looking at this story, I came across a related story. Oh, God. So I'm actually going to uh, read out a an old, quite an old story. This was from 2009. And did I just say the last story was mocked by Mark Chandler? I did, didn't I? So this story is also Indeed, by Mark yeah. Chandler. So he must have a specialism in big cats. Because he covered this story in 2009, Alan Parks must have said, we've had another big cat story, Mark! I can't get out there. similar new shop as a specialism in big cats. I can. Because let's face it, most of the journalists don't even have a specialism in journalism than anything else. <laughs> this is a great story, Rob, because it happened very near me to the train station I go to every morning, and I've never come across it before. Father of four and puppy pursued by giant cats. Father of four and puppy. And his puppy. Right. A jogger was forced to run for his life after encountering the infamous Beast of Sydenham. That is the same cat that I wrote the poem about. Yeah. That attacked that man in his garden. I remember vividly, yeah. Father of four, Roger Fleming, 40, was on a late night run with his puppy, King, on December the 9th near Sydenham Hill Station. And you know there's that woodland all around there. Yeah. When a giant cat chased them through Dulwich Wood. Mr Fleming believes the creature, which he said looked like a brown cheetah was the Beast of Sydenham, seen several times in the area over the years. The building services manager first saw the beast at the bottom of a path in the wood. He said, it was at least five or six long. I thought to myself, what the hell is this? That's when the panic set in. It sat there, locked its eyes on me, sat up, and boom, it started running towards us. Mr Fleming grabbed hold of his Staffordshire Bull Terrier and ran through the wood. He said, I looked over my shoulder and could see it still running at me. I was just thinking, please stop. It was natural. <laughs> It was knackering, and I was very polite. Yeah. It was knackering, Please and I was, leave me alone. <laughs> it was knackering, and I was almost ready to give up. I was thinking, "This is it. I think I'm going to die." I don't think if I was being chased through a wood by a cheetah holding my pet dog, at any stage I would think I'm just going to give up and just lie on the ground. Oh, this story is bullshit. After this is what, I'm sorry. This is one of the fastest animals on the, on planet Earth. 
After realising the beast had given up the chase, Mr Fleming rushed home to Dulwich and read about other sightings on the new shopper website. <laughs> Bit of self-promotion there. Um, he said, when I got home, I was almost in tears. The adrenaline was pumping through me so fast. I swear an oath to God never to go to that same part at night again. There should be some signs telling people to take caution because they're walking around. <laughs> Beware, cheater! <laughs> Suspected cheater in the area. I've been, you wanker! I've been to Yosemite National Park in America, right, where they have signs, Beware Mountain Lions. That's because there are mountain lions there. Can you imagine the council putting up a sign in the, in the lovely little suburban Dulwich wood? <laughs> Beware possible cheater. <laughs> Beware possible possible made up animals. Fiction animals, ahoy. Uh, he says, Rob, they're walking around willy nilly. Neil Arnold, a researcher who runs Kent Big Cat Research. Oh, he's back in, is he? <laughs> said the beast is believed to be a black leopard, the offspring of pets released into the wild. He said he should have stood his ground, maintained eye contact, and backed off slowly. But it's easy to say that. People don't need to panic because big cats won't palm them. I do this full time to let people know these animals aren't a threat. I'm pretty sure this man has never ever come to face with face to face with a big cat. Do you want to see the man? He stood there and stood his ground, did he? Do you want to see the man who ran away with his pet puppy? That's him, right? So I've shown Rob a picture of the guy with his young son, it looks like, and wife. Right. Wife? Or, or girlfriend. I'm, 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 no, it is his wife because he says it is. Oh, Carp, basically, the reason I'm reading this out is because he weighed, the actual guy that this happened to weighs into the comments. Oh, God. Car park attendant says, good job he's a fast runner. A cheater is the fastest animal with <laughs> four legs. He should enter the Olympics. <laughs> Orpington guy says, I'm sorry for the cynicism, but this guy managed to outrun a black leopard, an animal that can run up to speeds of 36 miles per hour. Uh, Make Life says, just simply says, attention seeker. Yep. Now, the guy that this happened to, he gets <laughs> in on the comments. He says... Hi, just a quick note for the non-believers. Please go down there for a jog any night you please. It seems the police won't take this serious until there's a body found. Stay Frosty says, I know that we're not meant to be taking this seriously, but surely it can't be a coincidence that so many people have seen a giant cat around South London. Are they really all hallucinating or drunk and imagining exactly the same thing? That seems more unlikely. Good point, Rob. Good point. Yeah, maybe maybe he was chased. Maybe he was lucky the fact that he managed to run... A, a leopard stroke cheetah, regardless of the fact that it can, it will clearly be able to catch up within a matter of seconds and tears and him limb from limb. Uh, he writes back, right, and says, <laughs> and he says, I did search the web when I got home. After the incident, I spent a whole night sitting up after telling my wife what happened, scared shitless. <laughs> when I went into work the following morning, I typed "animal sightings Crystal Palace" on Google. That's when I saw I had something to connect with what I saw. After that, I called the police, then the RSPCA. Then I responded to a blog on one of the old sightings on the New Shopper website. That's how they heard about me, and they called me back. Uh, Pork Pie says, "What are the police meant to do? Surround the woods with armed coppers? Stop everyone using the woods? Build a big litter tray?" Let's just- <laughs> Let's just educate people. We can all live alongside these wonderful animals. I'm going up there with my meat suit on and a big ball of string for this kitty to play with. And uh, last comment here. Last comment. Maybe comment of the week, I think this. G. Thomas says simply this, Rob. I have seen regular leopards in Africa, though they are very hard to spot in the wild. The last one I saw was perched on a tree branch about 40 feet up in the air. If you want to go looking for it, I would look in the trees. It probably wouldn't attack a human unless you startled it, and I doubt you would see it coming anyway before it landed on your back. Tethering a goat or another small animal to a stake overnight and examining what remains in the morning would be a lot better than trying to tempt it with a pork pie. Nice. Uh, Orpington Boy says, you must be quicker than Usain Bolt and you've done it carrying a dog. <laughs> we, should set, we should set up a camera where you saw it, put out some kitty cat and see what happens. 
No, what a great Olympic event that would be. The 100 metre sprint with dog. You have to be carrying at least a dog in your arm. Being chased by a... A Labrador, ideally. Right, Rob. It's our listener story of the week. So you've picked out an email from all the listeners who've submitted stories this week of being your favourite story of the week. I have, yeah. Um, I have to say, the honour goes to Shay, yes again. You can't have... Is he the only guy emailing stories? Perhaps. Really? Yeah. No. Fine. It goes away, Alex. There are people to submit... Yeah, okay, I understand. They say, I mean, let's face it, we know that they, they say the cream of the crop, that's what it is. The Shay's now becoming the third part, you know, he, he, he's propping us up, Rob. Don't say that. There'll be no financial reward just for that, I'd just like to say. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because we don't get paid. Um, I do. So, eh? I get paid. Don't you? We'll, we'll discuss after the podcast. Sure. Um, well, the story, as ever, is from the Bristol Evening Post. Headline. Bristol charity bag fraudster who made £35,000 for donated clothes is jailed. Uh, the story is by Jeff Bennett. A Bristol fraudster made £35,000 by selling clothes donated in fake charity, ba- charity collection bags. Darius Kamanska of Douglas Road, Horfield has worked for legitimate charity collectors before creating bags imitating those sent out by Bernardo's. Even though he missed the, he misspelled the, child, the, the children's charity's name as... Ben Hardos, I think that's the Mexican arm of Bernardo's, <laughs> as in B-E-R-N-H-A-R-D-O-S. Why did just look it up? Well, he seems to also have legitimate bags with it, so how on earth would, why, why, why would you spell it like that unless he was literally trying to catch well, I think black? that looks so stupid that people would then buy it because they would think that maybe it is the Mexican arm. If you picked it up and went, Ben Hardos, well, I don't recognise this. <laughs> ben Hardos! Val, Val, have you heard of Ben Hardos? No? <laughs> anyway. Um, the 25-year-old managed to, do- to dupe hundreds of people into handing over clothes, which he sold in Eastern Europe, pocketing the proceeds. In Eastern Europe? Yeah. So he, he went round with fake charity bags, asked yep. people to donate clothes, they yep. went upstairs, found some clothes, gave them to him. Yep. And then what, did he, did he fly over there, or did it, how did it work? I, I don't know, it doesn't say. I assume he, uh, he, he must have so flown over. Eastern European Driven country. to Romania. Right. Or uh, other European countries, uh, Eastern European countries are available. Uh, yeah, and sold them. Right. I mean, you know, I'm sure the tracksuits over there would sell for a bomb. He was jailed for 30... I'm not saying the people of, of, of Bristol wear tracksuits primarily. But or Romania. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, There's well, two groups of people there. Well, to be fair, Romania's quite poor by... Anyway. Um, so, they they're basically wear anything. He was jailed for 30 months and disqualified from being a company director for seven years. <laughs> Strange punishment. He was a company director, he was doing Yeah, yeah and he can't off. spell the word Bernardo's. I cut this out. Apparently, he had a, he had a, a, a company called Sparco... <laughs> Sparker, which is a fantastic name for. Do we know what it did? It was it was a chi- well, it was this, the front for this. Oh, I organization. see. But he's obviously literate enough to have done set up all that, but he's not literate enough to spell the word Bernardo's correctly. Well, he was he was only twenty five. Be fair to him. Um, the bag that attracted most complaints was one bearing the word Bernardos, uh, which used the name uh, used the same green badge as the charity's genuine collection bag and used phrases similar to those by Bernardo's. Now, a few comments. Now, I'm guessing by the name, it doesn't say in the article, but I'm guessing Kamanska, it sounds like it's, it could be an Eastern European name. Polish. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So, uh, by Spider Monkey says, another successful example of immigration. By Jesse Jaina says, Scum. She also comments again, directly after, saying uh, he should be made to pay back every penny, the thieving scumbag. <laughs> 
by Westy Ward, he says, send him home. So some nice <coughs> racist comments there. Yeah, by Marx, he says, break his legs. <laughs> right. <laughs> a real escalation. But then there's one commenter that I, I had to include because it just takes a, quite a, a significant change by saying, so by uh, Southmead, Gas says, very good ideas. Clever man. <laughs> and off he goes to do the same thing yeah now I think what they should do Rob quite simply dig a hole in a park or a field put him in one of the fake Bean Hardo's bags put him in the hole put earth on it bury him alive in it and see if he can get out if he gets out he stays if he doesn't get out he dies that's I think fair that, uh, that is fair yeah no, absolutely and uh, to be honest I think that would be, be a good way of solving overcrowding in prisons as well so I can mass uh, uh, for, uh, we'll call it a grave uh, and then bury all the inmates in uh, plastic bags, and uh, the ones who manage to surface will have their sentences reduced. It's new coalition policy, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Rob, we've come to the end of the podcast. Did you enjoy yourself? Yeah, I think we're getting to the swing of things now. What, or what with our new update, Red Fox? Yeah. What was your favourite story of the week, Rob? Oh, uh, I have to say for me, it was a hamster. The, ham- the resurrected hamster. Yeah. Okay. Do you not agree? Yeah. Okay. Uh, thank you for listening, everybody. Tune in next week for more mind-numbing local news. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes and also click subscribe. Take care. God bless. Bye.